Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Snark Monkey number seven. Forgive me for if you hear uh, traffic sounds in the background and stuff. I just didn't feel like closing doors and windows. I just needed fresh air. I figured for this intro you could be forgiving of extraneous noise. So the hustle and bustle of Hollywood, it's actually West Los Angeles, um, is emanating from, oh, there's sirens and there's all sorts of noises out there. You know what? We're in the city, baby. We're in the thick of it. Things are happening here. Yeah. Speaking of happening, here's an interesting story. Our guest on this edition is Shira Lazar. If you don't know the name Shira Lazar, then you're probably old um, because she has actually created a place for herself almost entirely online, not completely, but almost entirely online because she identified early on that there was something happening in that world and she made a place for herself. And that has turned into something that's become quite successful. Now, I met Shira, we get, get into the history of, of how we know each other, but I met her about 10 years ago. And then I haven't really had a long conversation with her since then. <laughs> it's been almost 10 years since we've sat down and actually talked. We've kept in touch via basically social media, but that's it. So it's been fascinating for me to kind of follow her path in all that time. Because she was basically an intern at a radio station where I was working, and now she's got this, well, this online empire that she started. She's been labeled a social media guru, a an online queen of media, however you want to think of her. And these are the kind of people that I like to talk to who have found a way to adapt their particular set of skills to create their own work and create their own world and don't have to feel beholden. To, at least not to too many people. You're always beholden to somebody. As Bob Dylan once said, you got to serve somebody. You got to Well, look it up, kids. Anyway, just a really cool story. And she surprises me, I guess, with just her tenacity in terms of how she identified what she wanted to do. Uh, well, there we go. Sounds of the city, people. I guess that honk is a uh, signifier that I should just shut up. And let her tell the story. So check it out. Snark Monkey number seven. Here we go. Shira Lazar. Okay. Do you have to have abs? No, there is no introduction. There, <laughs> you don't need any introduction. The girl wants abs. Yeah. Sheer Lazar is on P90X, and she's going to do the... It's this really difficult. might be a sponsor, actually, so if you want to work this out. <laughs> Manipulative You just sponsor. look hungry and tired. I'm. Yeah, you know what? Working out and eating healthy is supposed to make you energized and i do feel energized in a really overly caffeinated way like all i do now is consume caffeine all types tea coffee like any type of caffeine 
Is that this only is what water. you have? There's a, there's a very pristine bottle it's of... Oh, that's that. fancy bottle of water. Yeah. I indulge on fancy bottles of water now because I can't get fancy <laughs> meals. So, yeah, I'm part of a test group. So we do the meal plan, three days a week trainer, everyday workout, oh, the DVD. I, I, I actually have an intern out getting you a cupcake and a beer. So oh we're going to see... Both of that How does that so sound good. amazing? <laughs> like daydreaming constantly of food. Oh, my God. Shira, does this remind you of anything, this configuration? Was this basically the way we met was on microphones, essentially? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Right? Well, I was interning at 98.7, and I met you there. And then you were... In many ways, a mentor to me when I was trying to get make my way through this crazy industry. I don't know how because <laughs> watching what you've done with yourself has been amazing. Besides the P ninety and shrinking down to well, the that, size of a that's amazing too. Shrimp. Yes, you've you're, you're, you've become a human I'm experiment. So sexy, I look like a shrimp. <laughs> Does that turn you on? You cut paper on your cheekbones <laughs> right now. Oh. You poor thing. Get you get a sandwich. Um, there be, there's been better days. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you, you well, you have the most interesting career because uh, honestly, when I did meet you, radio station Los Angeles, um, you were trying to work your way kind of into radio and into broadcasting, broadcasting and into media yeah. in some way. I, I wanted to be a host, and yeah. at the time, the inter- YouTube and the internet stuff wasn't really around. Like people were doing startups. Right. And obviously, Google was around and Dig dot com and like random sites. But, but you were focused on like entertainment reporting. Yeah, and there was yeah I, I was and, and TV for specifically. E yeah, and like MTV. I wasn't going to do the local news stations because I just wasn't like a small town person. I couldn't cover murders and all that. Yeah, you didn't want you wouldn't didn't want to go and have to cover the small town stuff. And I just wasn't like a hard news journalist. Like I wasn't that one who was like, I'm gonna cover the babies who are yeah. So I always you... say babies and murders, sorry. Bad graphic thoughts. <laughs> but not baby murders. So, hopefully. No. Yikes. So although vi- babies on YouTube, huge hits. Oh no, babies, pets, <laughs> kitties and doggies. Yeah. And the military, <laughs> I think, does usually really well. It was heartwarming moments. So I was navigating, like, what could I do? I loved interviewing people. I loved Now, where did that start? Because you're from Canada. And I am. Yet you're still welcome in this country, by <laughs> the way. Thank you. I have a green card. I'm uh, yeah, I know. You've gone through the whole process. <laughs> uh, we actually made her show it to us. So, <laughs> But um, so, so where did that interest come in? I, and I'm still, I think I even talked to you about this when we first met. I'm fascinated by the American influence on Canadian culture because it's uh, it's prevalent well, right there. obviously yeah, yeah I mean well it, I mean you have your own difference. programming you have your yeah, own yeah I watch I grew up watching much music which is like the MTV of Canada right and they have CTV and it's very much like newsroom it's on the street uh, I don't know it was very raw inter- interactive and cool I I grew up loving unscripted TV and I grew up actually loving watching interviews in news magazines and talk shows really like I wasn't watching scripted TV as much like while my friends were watching 90210 and I was into those shows but I was very into Nightline and Dateline and really yeah and talk shows I loved talk shows was there a particular person was there somebody that <laughs> my you- mom wasn't even a stay-at-home mom it was like I was watching it with my mom what did your parents do my mom's in education yeah so I guess I was always around, you know, uh, helping people and talking to people and getting to know people that are so different. A natu- so, a natural cu- so a natural curiosity, right? Of, yeah, different types of people. And for my mom teaches kids with special needs, oh. which were like a natural curiosity for different types of people, which is true. She always said, like, embrace every type of person. And my dad it was an entrepreneur. 
And then I had a step family because I have the modern family. And, of course. We all uh, went through that. Yeah. And they were all kind of entrepreneurs. Everyone was very hands-on and work uh, blended with life. My stepdad's office was at home. So it was never – it wasn't really like nine to fives. Like I felt like my family was always – it was embracing like they were living their work. Now, that's interesting because basically entrepreneur is – I mean, you follow that path from the standpoint of kind of creating your own work and making something for yourself. And yeah, we'll, and I always we'll get to that. myself. So that, must, that was a work ethic that must have been driven into you as a kid. Yeah. I, I think – I was never – it's funny. One of my teachers said, it wasn't like you were the smartest. You know, I got A's. No, that really puts me down. Thanks. Self-deprecating. Thanks, uh, no, but someone said to me, you weren't always like like the, the most brilliant, but you were always very enthusiastic. <laughs> and enthusiasm trumps. I mean, and, and that's true. Even now, like, I, I might have a smart, you know, interns or people that are coming to me wanting advice. You could have someone that's really smart, but if you're not enthusiastic and you care to learn and you're curious and you're always wanting to be there to... I don't know, just be there showing up. It won't matter how smart you are. It's just like you won't get those opportunities. And then, But I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah, obviously. well, or you have a great personality and great enthusiasm and you hire all the smartest people to work for you. Exa- and exactly. <laughs> uh, I need more of those. No, I mean, I love you to all oh, my staff. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so at what point growing up did you know that you wanted to, A, definitely get into entertainment or reporting and and was there a particular kind of moment an aha thing or was it just part of the culture well, of now i look up? back it's always in hindsight right? sure yeah uh, when i look back i was always doing my uh presentations for school were always as me interviewing someone like i couldn't discuss things myself which kind of is, is sad because you know it's like one of those things like i wish i could explain things better but then hey that person explains it much better so i'm gonna just bring <laughs> you on to my show and you can entertain everyone while i ask you questions so it's you like had a natural inquisitor's <laughs> nature even early on and you found yourself so not interesting that you wanted to hear other people i guess talk i instead. always like this i loved the idea of putting the spotlight on other people and like that's i don't know making people feel good and that was my way of making someone felt feel good it's like you're the star and so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily putting the attention on me, although maybe, you know, I felt good about being that liaison. But in the end, it was like, it was saying I was going to be, I guess, a medium between, you know, an audience and stars or people that are doing amazing things. I wanted to uncover their story for the world. I was just fascinated by interesting people and I liked hunting down, I liked investigating and finding those people. And and when I came here to intern, I was actually interning at the Ellen DeGeneres show because I love talk shows and broadcasting. And I was hosting stuff at school and all that. So that's where after kind of when you were I, going to Emerson. Yeah, sorry. I was like the roundabout female way of telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's OK, because I'm, I, again, I want to go back to the Canada thing and only because oh, I'm fascinated by it. Uh, um, because, like, say, here, like my son, when he was making his decision about college. And, yeah. And there's a lot of people on the West Coast who go. I want to go East Coast. And a lot of I, – I found a lot of East Coast people going, yeah, I want to get that direction. They kind of switch sides of the country. It, as, as, a, as a youth and with your peers, is there kind of this conscious choice of I'm going to stay in Canada or I need to get to yeah. the States? I was one of my only friends that actually left right after our CJEP, which is like grade 12 and 13 for us. So we graduate in the 11th grade. High school is until grade 11. And we have a two-year pre-university program, which actually makes more sense because here you jump into college out of nowhere. Everyone like binge drinks and goes crazy. Right. And your first year is a waste. Yeah. It's like the separation. Like, oh, I'm free. 
And at I, least I remember that kind of. <laughs> but you know, at least I I felt it was great in Quebec, my province. We have a two-year pre-university program, so you get the test of the waters. You get to go into sciences, and right away, if you don't like it, it's not like you're stuck for four years and right. then another year is added if you change and all these credits and waste of money and you're in debt and it, it's like adds up. It makes right? so much more sense to kind of test because I know, yeah, like half of the, my freshman friends freshman year all changed their majors, exactly, totally dropped out or just decided they needed to do something different yeah. than what they thought they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and it allowed me to focus. So I was into at that point communication. I so I had performed a lot. I was in to acting um then after you know it's funny this manager picked me up and signed me in montreal and the same person had signed at the same year emily van camp and jay baruchel oh. i was part of so it was me Cheryl lazar jay baruchel and emily van camp who's on revenge right and jay who's in every judd apatow movie yes he uh he was in this is the end he was a canadian right i don't know if you remember that i grew up with him actually um he's awesome montrealer yeah, he's so, cool. He's actually kind of on the rise right yeah, now. Yeah, he's really cool. So, but then I started auditioning, and I hated the process of the director and being told like what I could and couldn't do, and waiting for their <laughs> approval. And that's when I told my manager. I remember I was like, I want to be a director. I want to have more control. It was like the stubborn side of me. But then after realizing I couldn't direct, I was like, maybe I'm into producing. And so I navigated that whole thing, and then. At going into college and studying communications, I started hosting shows a lot. And mm-hmm. so then my performance side started coming out and I missed that side. But then I, you know, being a broadcaster and a host, you could bring your producing abilities to the table. And I felt that that was a nice balance of performance, but yet you're yourself and you, it, people respect that you bring a lot to the table. It's not like you have someone else's script and you, you're, it's a cattle call and auditions and all that. I felt like I guess I had the control to create in that position. Yeah, and still kind of bring your natural curiosity to it and still bring personality yeah. of a performer without necessarily having to learn lines or be told how, what to say. <laughs> the easy way out, no. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, everyone has, you know, at each... Yes, that's right. Each every, position Every actor is, has the easy way no, out. No, yeah, I'm kidding. No, but each position, listen, in this world, in entertainment, has its, you know, challenges. And I think we all are part of a piece of a puzzle. You know, an actor you know, needs the broadcaster to tell their story and the broadcaster needs interesting people doing crazy, innovative stuff, whether it be in entertainment or otherwise, to do crazy, amazing, groundbreaking, popular things so they have stories to tell. Right. So we're all part of a piece of a puzzle, right? And we all contribute to what that conversation is. So looking back now, yeah, I see like, oh, I was interviewing people. Like I always loved doing that. And that, you know, even though for what my company now – we cover a lot and I host a lot. For me, I'll always like, I love interviewing people. And it, I feel like that's what's made me stand out in this landscape is so many people want to be, you know, a viral star these days or a singer, a songwriter, a comedian. And I was, I've just always wanted, like, it's pretty simple. I was like, I just want to interview people and tell great stories. Well, that's kind so. of what this is about. I mean, uh, you know, having done radio for years and getting. 30 to 40 seconds at the most every yeah. time I talk and, and interviews having to be cut down to two minutes. And but I deal with that now even with my own company, to sure. be honest, where they're like, Sheer, as being so long-winded, Sheer, we don't care. People don't care about this. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't this my company? What's going on? And you realize it's – and this is a whole other conversation. Like as you grow, you know, you have to service yourself and your passions and the philosophy of how you got started. Right. Because there's a reason why that was special when it started because you were bringing something to the table and you – you were opening up a door 
to something that wasn't being done. Right. So you have to remember that even as you get, you know, something gets more popular or your project gets more consumer facing. Right. You don't want, oh boy, listen to, to that, listen to that to buzzword. Like, You're going to have all those great know, buzzwords. Sorry, consumer guys, facing. Google I love it. that. I need to learn what that is. Google consumer. consumer well, it's just for facing. an It's not just for the community of like, oh, my web friends. Right. It's for, you know, you're, I'm thinking of ourselves as a bigger company. Right. You reach a critical mass where you're actually, you actually are a commodity. I mean, you are having to think in terms of how you are and seen. And it's not just by, me. Yeah. And like, in the end, you want, you know, Ariana Huffington, Ryan Seacrest, all these people, you know, their companies are known because of them. But also in order to build, I think you need to think beyond yourself. Right. Right. Well, that's what that's where the growth comes in. I mean, it's it's that balance. It's that balance of staying true to your original intent. Yeah. While at the same time, making sure that you are something that can be consumed on a mass level, because that's the only way to kind of grow and continue. And you're also always working yourself. And while you feel because, you know, you could get attention for what you started and people, you know, grease you up and are like yeah you're great at this and great at that like you have to listen to sometimes your team or other people and who have constructive criticism and say like this isn't maybe as interesting anymore because that's where people end up stalling and plateauing is that they just think they're awesome still and they're like uh times have changed you know and i'm saying that after three years but like i do think that way right like it's a sad harsh reality sometimes where it's that balance of staying true to yourself and why you got started but then also seeing what is changing and right. listening to your team who you hire and you hopefully Those smarter respect, people than you well you hopefully respect what they think and they're seeing the landscape and they're interested in things they could they consume things they listen and watch and share right and so you always have to be on the lookout and like talking to younger people even too it's like if i met your son i'd probably and i typically when i meet someone that's like under 20 which i am I'm kidding. That'd be weird. <laughs> Could I see some ID? I feel like, you know, <laughs> you, you always make those card. jokes like, which I totally am. But then it's weird when it's like really young. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but, and, you're not. Well, as long as we're admitting things, my son is not under 20. Um, but uh, oh, he's, he's older now? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, God, they do like that. I, they tend to do that. Weird. But when I do meet <laughs> someone that is younger, I'm just like, oh, what are you sharing? Even if, honestly, even an, a 10 year old. Like I'll be, I'll be at, you know, sure. if it's like Super Bowl, you know, um, the Super Bowl party and people are bringing their kids. Like I'm the one talking to the kids like, so what are you watching? What are you sharing? <laughs> I know. Stop talking to my kids here. You're hurting them out. Well, it's like, very, I, actually, I want to get to that later too, because that, that's been the most interesting thing about watching my son mm-hmm. who basically grew up with the internet, yeah. always being a presence basically and how he consumes media and how it's affected and how he's rejected it in a way because there is this There's that gr- group of yeah, people this that group do, who are yeah. like, I don't really need to be that involved and yet they use it for some very specific purposes. Yeah. But let's go back to, uh, so you came to LA, you went to Emerson. Yeah, I went to which Boston, Which is a, it's a great College. media school. Yeah, right? I was there for two years. They transferred all these credits. So I ended up graduating within two years which I didn't get to minor in journalism, broadcast journalism. So I was studying communications and I was, v- it was very hands-on school. So I got to, I, f- I feel like get those courses while yeah. just doing programs. Like they've got a lot of great studios and equipment. They have better studios in Boston art. than some of the local news stations. Yeah. I think we, we looked at that school for, cause my son yeah. went to Boston university for acting, oh, wow. but we looked at Emerson and I was like, can I go here? No, it was amazing. <laughs> and I actually only applied to one school and and this goes back to like you were, my, all my friends stayed and I basically my you know I, my dad's family they'd all gone to American universities and you know it's a thing in 
in oh, Canada, it's a I feel. Thing? I feel like it. Like my grandmother was like, "Oh, have you applied to an American university?" <laughs> yeah, it became like a weird thing. Like if I'm not good enough, if I don't go to an American, because she had her other son had gone to Yale, and then on my stepfather's side, they'd all gone to Harvard and Yale. You know, well, is there a, is there an equivalent that. to the Ivy League in Canada? Uh, well, McGill has always been. Okay. I don't know right now if it's still on that level, but in, in McGill in Montreal, actually, a lot of people, it's on the Ivies. Right, in highly Canada. touted. Right. So I, but I was in communications. McGill is not really a communication school, so I applied to one school in Montreal, and then basically I missed out on the NYU deadline. <laughs> and then last, I was like, shit, my my application is due in two weeks. And you know, in the states, people prep for like it's like oh, a, yeah. multiple years of preparation. It, it, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's a ritual. So I did my SATs. I did go to like a school those after school things. I did okay. I guess I did whatever, but. It, you know, I went to a guidance counselor. She goes, okay, you should apply one of the schools, Emerson. I basically missed all the deadlines on everything else. And so I was like, let's do Emerson. No, <laughs> but then I also, because it was smaller, it was more hands-on, a lot of programs. And then I literally gave in my application, like everything the day it was due. Like I emailed it in. That's how last minute I was. And I remember I went into psycho evil mode with my mom. She's like, is your dad even – like my parents are divorced. She's like, is, how's your dad going to pay for this? Do you apply for a scholarship? I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking helping me with this essay. Like I went into like devil – like – you were a you were, what's, the, what's the equivalent of a bridezilla for oh, a, yeah. applying to colleges? <laughs> yeah, so I did my essay and I wasn't done. And my mom's in education; she was always one of those that would sit around and help while I was on my computer. Sure, like, yeah, leaning over your shoulder. Can you say a sentence over again? No, but she was always really smart, so I wanted her. I was like, "Oh, flower up that sentence." Yes. What? What did you? Can you say that again? No, mom. Give me like I was. So I did that, and I was like, "You're going to help me. You're staying up till however late I'm staying up." Oh, yeah. I was horrible. Anyway, so I sent it in. Uh, I didn't apply for a scholarship. Luckily, I got one. Wow. <laughs> no. But <laughs> anyway, it helped my parents. So, uh, so I went to Emerson. Came. We have a program out here. That's why they call it the Emerson Mafia. Oh, right. In my last semester. There's a lot of you out here. Yeah. Um, I interned at the Ellen DeGeneres Show. And then at night, and this is where we met, not for credit. I just wanted to get as much experience as possible because I knew this is my last time as a student. And so, and, and like, that's when you're allowed to intern or else it gets weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I... <laughs> then you're 40 years old and you're no, an intern bringing no coffee offense. to people. <laughs> no offense to those people. But um, never too late to get started. Right. So, I, and then at night, I, I got introduced to Skip Kelly at the time, 987. He just let me be there. And then I started voice tracking for the show in Rochester. And that was the first time... He started bringing me on as his co-host, and I, and I was like, this is cool, and it felt really professional. It was my first time a professional was letting me have a little taste of it, right? Right, right. And as opposed to being behind the scenes all this time. Yeah, or like hosting in college right. and all that. And I'd acted in some TV stuff, but it wasn't the same, and, and I got such a rise from, and a rush from it. And I remember even going home at 1 a.m. every day, and I was going back to my internship at 7, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. I, it was like falling in love. Like, I literally remember that. And that was the aha moment, actually. I was like, this feels so good. Like, th- something special about this. And that's one of those times, and I think a lot of people have this when they just love doing it for doing it. Yeah. They don't care about sleep. They don't care about when they're yeah. eating. They just, they will take, they will say yes to anything yeah. for no matter what. And then... And and un- unfortunately, a lot of the times you get people like that in a station, and after about six oh, yeah. months, they, they start complaining, well, <laughs> or, or, or they like, get yeah one of those like uh, like I've 
I have people that graduate college, and this is gonna. Now we're getting into the old folks segue. I have people that graduate college, <laughs> I and that no, but now and after a year, like they'll hustle. They're an intern. They're just wanting a job, and I'll hire them. And then like six months through, they're like asking for more money. They're complaining. They're leaving at five, and I'm like, really, dude? Like I still hustle. Like even now, right. I'm. I tell the people that work for me. I go, you know, I still have clients, like I have brands we work with. I still have contracts. We have people that I have people that I'm responsible to, to still, even though I'm a boss. And I work my ass off. It's never about hours. Right. I just get the job done. I don't think that has anything to do with generations because I realize now that thing. every person I've talked to who've reached, who's reached a certain level of success has complained about that very thing. I just think it's a type of person. I think there are those who have expectations and feel entitled, and then there are those like you and like me, no matter what level of success you reach, you feel like I have to work a little extra. I have to stay a little longer. I have to kind of do that other thing. And I want to make sure it's done right. Yeah, and it's hard to understand or see people that you're like, I know you're smart. And that's also the hard thing is like now seeing, you know, people and hiring people and seeing other people that want to be hosts or this, that. And I'm like, I know you're smart, but like you're really not putting in as much effort or you did. Like the reason why I hired you is because I saw this, but yet, you know, in the end, it's just a nine to five view because you think I own the company. And like, I'm like, no, I actually like, I see something special in you. Like everyone here I've hired because I think you're good at what you do. So it's not like you're just hired right. help. I think the thing and the trend that I continue to find in talking to people about this kind of thing, because the idea here is that no matter what the medium is or whatever it is, the people I'm talking to have reached a certain point where they have made an impact. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily... And it's, it's almost always not what they expected to do. Yeah. It's not what they started out doing. And and that the path there takes way more hard work than I think people realize. But then you just look back now, once again, in hindsight, I look back and I go, oh, my God. If someone, when I started, when I was asking you for advice, was like, in 10 years, like, you'll feel like you have a career. I'd be like, 10. And even now, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Like, yeah. I always feel like I'm at a beginning. Yeah, Sure. And and now you could say people are like, oh, you have a career because 10 years through, whatever that means. Um, but if you had said to me, like, when I was 21, oh, at 31, you know, that's when you'll look back and say, I'd be like, 31 feels like so long. But then it goes by so fast. And then everything you look at that you thought maybe, oh, this wasn't a big deal, it all adds up. Sure. It's it's never, there's no such thing really as an overnight sensation. Yeah. Anywhere, or, in or any the person you met. Either is like, oh, years later, like that's how one of the, one of the gigs that will change your career really. Right. Like I would, I even look back at like some of the highlights of stuff I've done, like whether it be a live stream for the Grammys or a live stream for the Oscars, and that wasn't like a career maker, but those are things you have under your belt, and like and those people I'd met, I could have met probably at a you know a meetup. Well, what's what's interesting about you though is that you're unique from the standpoint of you've created. I mean, at what point did you? Did you consciously say, I am going to focus on the internet as my I'll outlet? I'll tell you, yeah. I, there was a, a very I mean, you, specific you Because you basically are the queen of the internet media, or queen of the, the you're the media internet queen. You're one of those. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows anymore? No, there was actually, I, I remember, like, so that the moment where I was on air, you know, doing that stuff late night when I was interning, that was a special moment. And then that continued when I got other jobs that I didn't like. And then I realized, like, what? like well, I was at, right out of college. I was being hired to be because I was great, which I use this quality and skill now. I was really great at booking people and finding 
random nuggets of humans <laughs> in different places. Just great guests. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I was I kept on being hired by this producer I met at Ellen as her associate producer. Like so I skipped the whole PA thing, which was great because all my friends were PAing. And so for a few months, like out of college, I was in, I was uh, an AP for this morning show in Vegas, and I was booking out all their human interest crazy guests. And I just was like behind the scenes, and I had like quirks of talent, which you know sometimes meant being a bit late, like some like you know things that you're like, oh, they're talent, which is how I take advantage. Um, but like it doesn't work when you're like behind the scenes. You're like, no, you're supposed to be on point. Like right, you're right. not. That those eccentricities don't work for you. Yeah, that call time for somebody behind the scenes is you got to stick to that. Exactly. So, and then I was also that I felt like just my you know my loudness and <laughs> and talk being t- very talkative <laughs> is distracting. Enthusiasm. Well, but that's distracting if you're just a production person. Like, oh, can you just tell her? But then. Since I'm on air, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, she's whatever she is. Yeah, people forgive you because you're you're in front of the camera. Listen, you got to go where you feel you're accepted or you're given more tolerance. If you were the loud, enthusiastic PA, everybody on the set or whatever would be going, could you get her to just go in the back? So I just found another place that was somewhat more tolerable. So, um, and so when I started getting jobs and they started putting me on, like interviewing people and I would love that, but I would hate all this other stuff. And I remember calling my dad three months out of college and he's like, how are things going? I'm like, and I was at that point casting this reality show that was like a reality show based on the Golden Girls. It was like old, it's for casting old women, basically. This was an interesting career. Wow. I don't, I, did that exist? Did Uh, that? I don't think it ever got greenlit. It never got, but, but I told my dad, I was like, I was in a casino casting like, basically you know, oh, old no. people you were approaching and, women at the uh, at, yeah. the at the penny slots and i was like i'm really not enjoying myself right now <laughs> he goes well welcome to real like real life yeah it's not and i was i was like no i'm so young this can't be it i can't hate my job already and that's when after that job was over i stopped taking she kept on trying to hire me and i stopped taking those jobs i said i want to pursue on air so I started putting together my reels. That was a turning point. Then so the, you so you were turning down work. Yeah. I mean, that was guaranteed money to go yeah. and work for them. But I you, was lucky enough. I was so I'd saved a bit of money, and then you know I was I, I was never in a position I knew I was going to be on the street. You know, right. uh, Thankfully to a great family. But that can be a little scary when you're early in your career it's, and you're saying no. Yeah. I, I mean, it takes a lot of instinctive that's a, well, positivity. That's, that's a little brave to say, you know what? I know the direction I want to go and it's not and to that. tell your family, like your parents that too, like, don't worry. I swear. Like, you're not gonna have to support me. Right. Like but I have an faith, inkling. You had the faith you would find yeah. that niche. I said, like, I really enjoy doing this and I, I do believe there's work there. I want to try, like, let me, and then I just kept on getting little jobs. So what happened was I was starting to do TV stuff um, but I was always dabbling in web because those were the only the jobs I was getting. But it was always like, oh, this is the black sheep of broadcasting. You yeah, know? you're like the B team uh, after yeah, network TV. Yeah, I was or always ca- or yeah. even cable or even black basic sheep, cable. Does that make sense? Yeah, bastard, bastard you're child. The, you're the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, is always the fun of thing. broadcasting. It was always like a stepping stone. Oh, so people would be like, oh, so you're doing this because you want to you know, get to TV. And, you know, for me, it was just about working. I just, it didn't matter where I was doing it, really. I knew I had to work on my craft. I was very green. And I wasn't going to do it necessarily at a huge network because I wasn't being given those opportunities or maybe a radio station. But I wasn't going to wait for someone to give me approval or give me a contract to do what I love doing. And there were all these outlets in online that needed someone that was smart, self-starter, 
And so I started meeting all these websites and getting hired to do red carpets for them. And I was at the part of the red carpet with all the dot coms. So we all became friends, right. you know. And there was a camaraderie. And you must have been treated and, at least important enough that you got to go to those events. I mean, they, Well, there was something cool to that. And right. so I felt, one, I was getting to interview people. I was very enthusiastic. I was good at getting, even though I was all the way down the line, right. where the internet people were. I was good at getting celebrities' <laughs> attention because I was in their face. And all the people around me at the time, now it's different. But it was all dudes who had websites and like – no, like celebrities that didn't see me and they'd be like, oh, can I, I'll talk to her, you know? And then I became friends with the publicist. I was just really good at making friends with everyone. Right, right. And so, but that got my, made my reel better and got me other jobs, you know, because of that. And I had a dot com at the time, even you could say eight years ago, having a blog like or a website. People are like, why do you have a, your personal site? What are you trying to sell? Like you had a demo oh, real yeah. site maybe with your demo, but like it was really rare. You would have a, a, a file or a CD. Right. And I this had- is, So this is like 2006, 2007? I would even? say f- even, even five. Yeah. Oh. And I had shirtlazar.com. I had bought it in college. I did web d- it designs. I was updating my friends and family with what was going on and also pers- prospective employees. Right. And like an online resume. Yeah, it was an online resume, but wow, you through were that, really ahead of the game. But it was on a that. blog, basically, yeah. right? And and also it was a place because I was working for so many people. Like no one knew where I was working. It was like <laughs> I don't get where you work. So I'd be like, oh, go to my blog. You would see all the different videos every day. There was a new thing and like QuickTime videos. It wasn't even YouTube. Um, and so at the time, it was like building the brand of me, and no one yeah. really, no one really got that. But you were ahead of the game on that. I mean, that's that's, but that's so where someone now. my first TV gig happened because Julie Banderas at Fox News was googling entertainment reporter Los Angeles, and at the time, I guess not a lot of entertainment reporters had websites their own. She found me. She went to Emerson College. I went to Emerson College. Oh, the so Emerson she's Mafia. Like, I want this chick, and so I get a call out of nowhere from my agent. Being like, Fox News Channel wants to bring you on to talk about Anna Nicole Smith. I was like, huh? <laughs> How did that happen? And for me, I was like 23. I was like, whoa, I've never been on live TV before. Like, I've been in, on TV and a news channel, and it's legit at the time. I believed it was very legit. <laughs> there are those, no, who, there no, are those who believe it is legit. <laughs> no, and so oh, – um, whatever your thoughts on Fox News are. Yes. Look, it, okay, it's hey, live TV and people credit. are going to exactly. watch it. So. so I was like freaking out. <laughs> and so, and anyway, so I ended up going on and I became such a regular on Fox News channel that people thought I was a Fox News employee. Like producers even were calling me so much and they weren't understanding why sometimes I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know I don't work there. <laughs> and they're like, really? We thought you were like employee. You they were there all the honestly, time? Honestly, there was a certain point I was there almost every day at Fox News, like on Cavuto. I mean, they all loved me. I was on O'Reilly factor you look back and i have videos of this i show it to people and they're like oh my god you're like sheer the newswoman it's like watching like ron ron burgundy <laughs> so this was not light fluffy stuff you were doing no but it was well it, i mean it was entertainment it was, oriented but it was very i was so serious about it yeah so anyway so i ended up dabbling in tv and lx <laughs> i got hired for a local nbc show so i was doing the tv thing and still having my foot in the online, like on the side, I started doing blogs, video blogs on my phone. And I upload it to my website, my personal site, because at this point I was getting hired to do a lot. Um, so, but I wanted to show people behind the scenes of all the craziness because I thought actually that was the most entertaining stuff. Right. And no one – blogging at the time even was very rare. Like 
organizations were not doing that. Journalists were not doing that. Yeah, they st- they still felt like that. Well, they no, they didn't of... have phones. Like the equipment yeah. wasn't even there. Right, like, right. There was only one type of phone, Nokia, which I I basically g- researched a phone that we could up- I could upload videos to the web. <laughs> it was, and so I started doing that, and I would even I remember going to the executive producer of Extra. And she goes, okay, well, what can you bring that no one else can? I was like, well, I do these videos on my phone and interview people with my phone. And she's like, huh? Who hires you for that? I was like, I'm hire myself. Like, it's what I do. <laughs> what do you mean hires me? It's like, and now people get it. People have their own YouTube channels. You do this yourself. No one's right. Because it's like you understand the importance of doing that. And there's an economy around it. And that. yeah, and there was a time where people thought that, you know, the, the quality had to be, you know, pristine or whatever. And it's become more about, you know, the Im- immediacy of it. And people are a lot more forgiving about it. it doesn't have to be a crystal clear yeah. HD picture necessarily if you're getting something that's really exclusive yeah. and it's really quick. And now, of course, even the, the you know, iPhone cameras are amazing. Well, yeah, it's a totally <laughs> different world now. But at the time, through kind of my use of this technology and also working with all these websites, even though I was dabbling in TV, I started getting involved with the local L.A. tech scene. And so people kind of heard of me and then, you know, they would have an L.A. tech event. They wanted to bring out a bit of the glitz and glam of Hollywood. So they would go, hey, let's get Shira. She She's a big entertainment reporter. She appears on Fox News and CNN and she has her foot in the Hollywood world. But yet she understands how to talk to founders and the tech guys. And like she gets how to talk to us. Like she doesn't alienate us. She gets it. And so that's where it kind of started converging, where my interest in pop culture and then tech, which became really part of culture, happened. And then a real turning point was when I was I was hired to host the these two local shows on NBC, and basically it was like an amazing gig, and it was my first like weekly show. It was called LXTV, first right. like an open house, and it was a big deal for me. And then I got you know it ended and. I basically, yeah, I got fired. <laughs> I was like, God, at this point, it's like I'm just over it. But uh, yeah, like you would say those things, you get fired. <laughs> well, it's rehashing all these horrible feelings. The show ended, and you happened to well, end. Continued, yeah. actually. Oh, it did. They, I, yes, oh. I just wasn't the right person. Oh, that. Anyway, we've all had that. Exactly, it's nothing new, but it was actually. It really, I feel, happened for a reason. Like, I do believe, and and now I accept failure or things that just don't happen as planned as, like, a gift because now looking back, all the things that I'm like, crap, I lost that six-figure job, which was awesome, or that, yeah, prestigious job that everyone gave me attention for, and at the time, it sucks, and it sucks your ego, and you just have to feel that moment, but then you have to go... And if you've learned from experience, like there's a reason why this is all happening right now. Well, and part of that is also it can thwart you. I mean, there are people who will go, well, I am not good enough or that just. Yeah, you just have to know your passions. And I kind of knew instinctively, like I still have an interest here and I know I know what I care about. And that's the thing is like it's not about I know what I do amazingly. It's like I know what I care about. Right. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like if you come from that perspective, I think you're not thinking as much about yourself but like what you're trying to bring and make better well typically though i think it's and this is the tough thing it take me a long time to figure that out that the thing you are the best at is usually the thing you're the most passionate about yeah. and not necessarily the thing that you get hired for the people the thing that people notice you for but the thing that you really care about the most is usually the thing you give the most care to and the one that you bring something the most special to yeah and so when i lost that job and that was that was hard because 
you know, I was being then directed a lot, you know, it was like, you know, because at the time it was like ratings, this, that, and they're like, she smile more, she do this more. And I started really losing my voice. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I started getting very insecure. And even now, to be honest, like I know now I'm, I, I understand myself in those processes that I know when that's happen, happening. And then I see myself changing. I'm like, stop it. You know, don't be that, don't get in that mode of listening too much to that noise. Was part of that also being a woman, of being, having to, you know, the expectation of certain, looking a certain way? I think and- it was lurking, but it was also that I wasn't as comfortable with myself at the time. So I was, you know, very hosty, I think. And I thought, like, I'm a host. So this is how I should act. Or like, right. I put on that front a bit more because. I looked up to so many people and broadcasters and I, I wasn't owning who I was because the fact is I always was, I was never the, the, the merry heart. You know, I, I stumble a bit. I got it. Like I'm quirky. Um, and I, but I always looked at those people. I'm like, but that's who I should be. And so I never sure. really embraced my weirdness or eccentricities or my, well, that's all you saw for years. I mean, yeah. that, that there is a, for and lack of a better term, a plasticky kind of very slick mode of what people are like when they're on TV. And it's what I felt people wanted. And I, it's mm-hmm. also what I felt when I looked at myself, like the best of me. So I was like, but I look, I, that's me at my best. It's like me polished. And, but in the end, they're like, well, no, but I just want you, the girl hanging out that I like right. met with and had a, a, you know, a beer or a drink with. And that was the girl I wanted to hire. Like, why are you trying to be like this? And it, it's taken, you know, years. And I still am always adjusting that to be like, no, own, own who you are, be yourself. And through my own company, I've been able to, I think, embrace that a bit more. But after that job happened, I kind of was like, I'd got, I'd been focused so much on building this TV thing and had said no to all these tech things and dot com things. And I said, you know what? I was kind of fucked over here. Not not fucked over, but I put so much in it and I really believed in the company and enthusiasm didn't matter. It was like, you know, ratings and all that stuff, which we deal with. And I deal with that now, viewership. Um, I said, you know, I want to go back to my roots. Like the, the thing I love, which is startup culture, entrepreneurs covering that. And I also fe- felt it was a turning point. I was a talking head for all these networks at that point, entertainment news, Nicole Richie. I was talking about all these things, gossip. And I was like, I see this in 10 years, 20 years. I'm going to be always on the outside looking in. Like I'm going to be talking about stories that to be honest, I don't even know about. Yeah. And I'm just- Or care about. Yeah. I care. Well, yeah, I care about. And I'm, I'm just regurgitating crap from other persons. Right. Like someone else's crap. And I didn't want to be that person. I want to be a, someone special, even to a celebrity or a leader or a pioneer. I don't want people to think that I'm going to gossip about them or say weird things. And so at that point, I was like, I love entertainment and popular culture, but how can I be a value add to those people, to celebrities? And so I realized, I was like, well, I love tech. And at that time, Ashton Kutcher was really you know, doing a lot in LA. And we ended up connecting his company and... I started getting hired for a lot of stuff with his company and really um, and, and participated in this thing he did at Sundance to find a social media guru. And at that time, social media guru, that whole saying was like no one used it. Right. That but then was when he crowned term. me as social media guru, it kind of created a new, a new layer of my career where I was like, okay, well, I'm a social media guru and I cover entertainment from the perspective of social media and digital and tech. So I'll interview celebrities, but whether it be with my phone, it needs to be a, a, a not typical. Right. It's not going to be about the gossip. I don't you're, care. You're not going to the... have a huge bunch of cameras. You're not going to have a giant crew, and you're not going to be talking about the tabloidy story. Yeah, it was more about you know through the eyes of like if they have an app 
or if they had a web series, I became the go-to person for that. What year is this now? This is in 2007. And then I realized like I was doing all these things with my phone (laughs) and there's Twitter and all that. And I go, I think there's a beat here. Like, and so I started meeting with news networks and you know, everyone always says, what do you bring to the table? Like what makes you different? I go, well, (laughs) That's their voice. <laughs> I was going to say. I always have weird voices. That's for the voice. Of, I apologize to all the people that run things. But that is the network voice, though, or right, that right, is the right. like the producer voice. That's the same voice. Well, right. yeah. Right. And right. so. <laughs> it sounds like that person's been smoking for like 40 years. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's insulting to no, anyone. No, no. I, I love that character. <laughs> so. Uh, I, and then I said to people, well, I cover internet culture, digital trends. I interview people with my phone. So if you want to experiment, experiment with something, I don't need a crew. Just bring me and my phone, like be cheap. I just want to experiment with doing that beat for you. So it's not entertainment news. It's not technology. I'm not talking about the specs of a device or like Yeah, it's not frame gear, gearhead stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of where those worlds come together and how it's going to change our lives and lifestyle and culture. And it's more accessible. It's more mainstream. It's popular culture in many ways yeah. and now people get it at the time I would say five years ago people were like I don't get what that means we already have a tech person I'm like but it's not tech it's like I'm interviewing viral stars and all that yeah, stuff it's so much a part of people's lives now and they're way more tech savvy even at all ages now they have to be in order to just kind of communicate the, the thing we carry around with us now does so much stuff yeah it represents who we are yeah. how we function it's our connection to the outside world yeah. and to our friends obviously which become like our you know our uh who are broadcasting to our viewers in yeah. many ways so and, and you have to have a certain level of tech knowledge to be able to kind of function yeah way. so um uh, so at the time so i ended up doing you know working with cbs news someone finally accepted my crazy idea and i became their vlogger and i, I started experimenting with you know interviewing celebrities on their my phone, but then I also, at the time, because of the tech world, I was meeting all these founders. So I was meeting the founders of Twitter, Tumblr, Mashable, all these sites popping up, these telling their stories. New. Yeah, and so did like, you recognize the the power of some of them, and did you see that they? I had just thought some... these people were so cool yeah. and like interesting, and I felt like there was something very special about this time. Yeah, you know, we were all we would all see each other at conferences. There was just something special about the community. I, and I felt very honored to be part of it. And so while I had friends that were, you know, working at big shows or entertainment or even friends that were hosts, you know, and, and that they had something special because they were making six figures and, you know, getting all this attention from being on TV. I still had this other world and it. It felt very underground. You know, and I would tell these stories to my friend like, oh, this thing on you should get on Twitter. Like my friend Courtney Friel now is at KTLA. She remembers when I told her. I was like, oh, I'm on this thing called Twitter. And she's like, why would you do that? It's so stupid. <laughs> so I'd always be telling my friends about oh, these I like weird... her voice, too. <laughs> Sorry, Courtney. Courtney, that's why... great. Um, oh, my God. So I'd always be telling my friends, and even now, about weird things. Even now, I fight with my staff about Vine. Like, I'm always Wait, what's, fighting who's, about what, Who's fight. weighing in on Vine? Is somebody saying it's over? Is somebody saying it's No, they're like, happening? why the hell? What's the model? I don't get how people make money. <laughs> And What's I was like, why? Well, I was like, all right, did you say that about Twitter five years ago? It's like, can we just have fun? Like, it's funny because I still need to get myself in the mindset of like, this needs to be fun. Like, I know this is work. And also, and we're going on so many tangents here, but that's all right. Um, what keeps on, I think, pushing me to discovering those things and experiment, experimenting with those things, even though 
I could get used to one thing and say, I'm really good at this thing. So let's just stay comfortable in that thing, in that world. YouTube, even YouTube right now is old. It's like there's Vine, there's Instagram, there's that. Is that for me, what excites me about what I do is that there's always new talents. There's always new people. And if if I'm just always looking out for where the new talent is, I'll always be in the place that's relevant. Right. Well, see, that's part <laughs> so of... thank you, new talent. Yeah, I'll well, just keep on doing what I'm that's doing. That's exactly it. it. Even if nothing ever comes of it, it's always interesting to see, is somebody discovering something new here? Is somebody kind of coming and, up and with a new way of, exactly. of looking at something? Exactly. And if you're passionate, and I am, I mean, everyone has their thing. And like, I'm specifically amazed and intrigued and captivated by the idea of like fandom and how, what, what how people mean? like... The world, the idea of fandom, how people become intense fans right, of something right. or someone. Yeah, and I'm fascinated by that. And if you're fascinated by that, I think you'll always be seeing what's what is hot, what's in, what's cool, what's next. If that's what you care about, I mean, it's a lot to keep up with, and there's only so much. You know, it could get a bit of uh, draining, and you could get burnt out by it. But if you're constantly curious, and also. I just I'm amazed at the incredible talent that I always see pop up at all ages. And usually those talent are using different whether it be devices or platforms because they just want to stand out. And so if you are curious and you'll fi- you'll find those talent, and you'll find them in different places and then you'll be like, "Wow, this is an interesting place." And and you know, you'll embrace that because that that will be an innovation. Right. It's it's interesting to see even something like you mentioned YouTube. It's it's one thing to just kind of post your video of you singing and people go, oh my God, what an amazing singer. And that goes viral and people find you and whatever. But then the other thing is kind of embracing that technology and doing something on YouTube that is like beautifully shot or you used a very simple camera and you did some kind of sort of animation just on your kind of home computer and, and that and adapt that talent. I mean, every day you see people kind of taking what exists and then turning into something that nobody's ever thought of. And that's remarkable. And it's remarkable because I think for some of us, we get really burnt out on ideas and just like things. Right. And you can think to yourself like, what is next? Like, I really don't know, you know, because we're so busy with our day-to-day grind and lives and all that. Right. And so I think it's so important to continue to try to be inspired and excited by things. That's the difference as opposed to just kind of introducing a new thing, but that it's actually pushing forward the concept well, of what art is or what entertainment is. And or- sometimes with the other, it goes the other extreme where people now try to push so hard, like add all these things to a thing. Like, and, right. and that's too many layers. On yeah, top. too many layers. And you're like, it doesn't have to be so complicated. <laughs> so, I mean, there, you see those two, those two worlds. Like, in the end, the cream will rise to the top. Yeah. And. Also, the talent and quality stuff will always win, even if it's yeah badly shot. But then, but then if you want to be consistent and really, I think, gain presence and have a sustainable brand or a career, you need to raise the bar. That right. that even gets old. Well, that's what's hilarious right now is that, and I kind of love this is that on this in the same week that say a really elaborate and well done and star studded funnier die piece will get a lot of traction so will 
a bunch of dogs jumping in a pool in the middle of Michigan. That's, that's America's just... Funniest Home Videos. Listen, you're talking about literally like one of the oldest, most popular shows on TV, but it happens now that we just discovered that instead of having Bob Saget. Right, right. Right? But that, 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 but Nothing really that new, or, though. Or a, girl, right? or a girl making up her own parody of Let It Let It uh, Go and, and singing Let Me Poop, you know, <laughs> to a bad karaoke. And just a camera on her, and she's just singing out of key, but that is one of the most popular things this week. And why not? I why know. It's all well, why the- not? I mean, yeah. that's why there's no definition. I hate people who are like, oh, well, then that's just successful. Or YouTube or digital is just that now. Where's the talent? Where's the good stuff? And I'm like, what meh? What are you talking about? Because there's House of Cards. There's great stuff. And we covered it on What's Running Today. Like these guys that do these parkour live action videos. Like there is great stuff everywhere. If you think that digital in this next generation is all a bunch of crap, like you're a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to get to with the way my, I watch my son consume media because he has become one of those that finds the social media aspect of it just kind of it can be burdensome. It's, yeah. It, it, he just doesn't feel the need to have to share his whole life with people, mm-hmm. but he definitely has embraced the technology from the standpoint of uh, he, he and his buddies are big Game of Thrones fans, okay? Yeah. But, but as opposed to just kind of watching it on his own, they will create a group environment to watch it together that's the idea of fandom though so it's like game of thrones has a huge fan base right right a cultish fan base and so that's really interesting like so it's great content but then it's also what do the fans do around that right but then he'll watch or he'll listen to something else completely on his own or on his phone or whatever i mean it it, it is very much an on-demand kind of pick and choose like i i only watch what i want to watch and then he will also talk to me in in because he's, he's an actor and, and he's you know got a, a sensitivity to art and stuff yeah. and he, he really likes quality work. And he'll talk to me as seriously about a great video game and the story it tells. Yeah. He defends the story of these games as much as he would the like Godfather. Minecraft isn't just about blocks. <laughs> no, it's, but don't Each you hear that all the time? spirits <laughs> connecting to the outer crust of the earth. But 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 even just they'll talk to me about the quality of the storytelling and you know forget graphics and how much blood and all that. I mean they really have this sense that they are really experiencing something that's artistic. And video games kind of seems to be on that next level of nobody takes it seriously because it's a bunch of kids you know playing online. No, well one some of these kids now are making like look at PewDiePie, the biggest guy on YouTube. They're making millions of dollars. Well, and they're making they're They're making more money than movies now. Well, one, yes, the designers of these video games are the right. rock stars, right? Sure. But then also the guys that play it have become rock The players have become rock stars, too. They record their gameplay, put it on YouTube, and people watch them playing games. <laughs> right, right. But the games haven't been accepted as, an, say, an art form, necessarily. Maybe, maybe on, the, on the tech side of things yeah. it is. No, I mean, because people of like, put down. Because yeah. in the past, gamers and... This is, you know, and to all gamers listening, you have to be careful with that. Like on our YouTube channel, it's like, oh, are we going to get gamers saying this? Or if we talk about One Direction or is this way, the One Direction is going to come troll us. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the past, it was like the, really idea, the idea of a gamer, if you consider yourself a gamer, you were in your parents' basement eating Doritos and Mountain Dew. You were a loser. You were a loser. And it's just not like that anymore. I yeah. mean, we've just, we're an evolved society. So yeah, I well evolved. I'm not yeah. sure about that. There's still some, but like freak. someone you know, listen. You have a girl that does TED talks on gaming for good. You have yeah. some of the most sophisticated people out there leading the ways in whatever industry they are in are, are huge avid gamers. We put it against them. It's like not just a loser who's like unemployed. And yeah, then there's the losers that are unemployed too. But there's 
that's everywhere. Well, They're that's, fans that's, of that's been everything. around forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess what's what's interesting is is like you were talking about watching for talent and being kind of blown away by talent. And and the thing that's out there right now is that every single day there seems to be something worth kind of being impressed by covering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so if you look at life like that. Life will never disappoint you. I'm just, you know what I'm trying to find? It's like my zen, which is constantly feeling excited about something. Yes, And absolutely. so it's like, obviously, I think kids, like, I'm sure you've, uh, uh, you have one son, right? As far as I know. <laughs> yes. So it's like, I think that, it, you know, when you, you get married and you have a kid, like that becomes very exciting, but then it's also draining. But I think that as an individual, you still are an individual, whether you have kids or a family, like you have to maintain your excitement towards something. Because I think once you start getting in the mode of like, like, ugh, it's the same, this, that. It sucks, you know? Right, right. And so I feel like you have to constantly look around and be like, wow, like, that's cool. Or like, and, and then by seeing the excitement of someone else to, some, to something that they find new, I think, you know, you have to, it's a bit of an empathy. Yeah. If you can feel how something, someone's feeling and see in their eyes like something exciting, remember, remind yourself about that. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the worry is that we consume so much so fast now. Is there yeah. always going to be something that, that keeps us going, that gets us excited? Well, I think it's the balance of like, yeah, uh, we could be jaded. It's like something that's three months old. You're like, oh, that's old news, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like you get a bit jaded and you always need your our threshold for excitement is like, oh, a million views. Oh, that's nothing. I think it's only popular if it's five million, you know. Or so you're you're so focused. I mean, you're at least you're so kind of entrenched in the online world. But is there traditional stuff you watch? Is there a TV show? Yeah, you watch? I mean, Orange is the New Black. Yes. I watch. I mean, I'm not. I don't have cable and all that, but I do watch the Hulu's and Amazons. And that all was that. my next question. Yeah. Um, I watch. Oh, uh, what's his name? The, oh what's God, the new obsession? Is. What is it? Well, and a lot of the uh, eating competitions, Ramsey. Gordon Ramsay, I swear, is like my idol. Really? I think that everyone. No, I no? would love to sit down with him. Everyone should learn. I mean, like he could teach anyone in any industry something about being a leader. Because I feel like watching how he's dealt with like hotel hell and all that stuff. Like he goes in and overnight. Well, it seems from TV, it goes in and changes everything. <laughs> TV makes everything look better. <laughs> Not like that's edited or anything. No. But no, but the way he deals with people of like, you're not achieving greatness. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you even doing any of this if you don't want to be great? And I feel like I look at what I do and how I approach things and I even fall into that trap or sometimes I'm just like half-assing things where I see my staff and I, and it's, it's reminded me like, what's the point if you're not going to try to be great, be great for yourself and be great for the other people. It's like, you're not just doing this for yourself. Like there's other people that want a great experiences and like they deserve it and like be proud of what you're doing. Right. And I think through that, if you're going to like look at how he approaches things in a bigger way, it's like, it doesn't just relate to food and restaurants and being a great chef. You can relate his lessons to many areas of your life. I'm just fascinated by him wow. as a person. However, his restaurant supposedly he's not putting in the time. He's so busy. <laughs> well, in that interesting. But Gordon Ramsay is a very, I, like, I don't know. Well, he's created an him. empire, so he's, he doesn't have time to go to all of them, But I just guess. if you see the way he deals with people, like, this is not great. And he'll give them constructive criticism, and they, he's like, thank you, chef. It's like, instead of being like, uh, well, he's like, no excuses. This sucks, and you know it. And they're like, oh, I guess so. It's like, wow, I need to learn some of that. Because I do have a team now, and it's like, 
I've really worked hard on learning leadership skills and being a boss is hard. Anyway, <laughs> so I am watching a lot of those shows. Um, what else? Oh, I watch, we get into the reality thing, like Millionaire Matchmaker sometimes, bad reality shows. Is that, that is like, that the guilty pleasure stuff? Just to kind of turn off your brain yeah. stuff? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mad Men, I was, you know, been into. Walking Dead, I used to be much more into. Boardwalk Empire. I'm trying to think of what else. Do you even have time to watch these shows? At night, I do. And I actually, I do a lot of my emails, like nighttime emails. I'll put in, like, that's where the reality shows come in the background. Right, right, right. Um, because I do have nighttime work to do. So, uh, here's, Oh, House he- of Cards, sorry. Add one more. Oh, God. House Need of to cards. add that so you know that I'm, you know. Well rounded. I, I do my scripted, high level scripted stuff too. <laughs> so here's the hack question of the evening. Uh, we should have ended on the inspiration from Gordon Ramsay. That seems perfect. <laughs> what uh, What's trending, Shira? <laughs> I've never heard that one before. No. <laughs> right but, now, at yeah, this moment. This second, a lot of. Of course, who knows when this thing's going to get posted? Who knows exactly? But what is the time. thing? That what's the thing? What's the, what's the thing? I'm very interested and fascinated by Snapchat, Snapchat stories. People are making really? money off Snapchat now. I haven't heard Snapchat brought Isn't up that in a interesting? while. Not just for inappropriate pictures. Well, they they they've been attempting to change what how people perceive. Them. Well, it's all about you know private mess privacy and temp. Well, either privacy is one thing. There's a right. trend of everything's so public. Um, you know, like Mark Cuban launched Cyberdust, which is this private messaging app, but it lasts like five seconds, so right. it, everything gets deleted. <laughs> it's also the fact that everyone's so scared be- with, you know, the fappening with the nude pictures of all the celebrities right, that right. came up, the issue of privacy and everything in the cloud, you know, nothing is private anymore, right? If if something has been documented some way or s- somewhere... It exists somewhere. It exists somewhere. So there's a lot of those types of apps popping up to, to delete anything right at any point so everything's very temporary but then also you know with snapchat it's not just becoming um, a temporary message service where yeah you could send private sometimes inappropriate things or like tinder which is also interesting wow. in modern day dating um it's becoming a feed actually of spontaneous moments in real time and and people are doing these stories where i don't know they're just using it in really innovative ways so I'm interested in that. And people are paying, like brands are paying money for these people that get this engagement on Snapchat. It's very interesting. But that, I think that's actually the next level too is because you were talking about this before. What's the model? How do you make money? But that is the big question so because be, yeah. advertisers no, don't know what to do right now. Traditional network TV is not they working anymore. But there's some people that are making money. The thing is it's still not scaled. So you're talking about independent creators. Yeah, they're getting paid sometimes 5 to 25K to do a little thing. But if you talk to a network or a TV show or brand, they're like, okay, 25K is great, but like, how am I going to sustain a business like that? Right. But we're in a business of individuals now. So I think it's a bit of a fight between the individual and being a company. And being a, like a my, big corporation. Yeah. But then the individuals are being bought by corporations. Right, so because, a, and they're more than willing to because they're getting paid you know, millions of dollars sometimes for just an idea on yeah, something. And then so. you're willing to give it up. And then also you're going to see a new uh, Hulu. The, the founders of Hulu are launching something. So all this stuff is happening. Uh, you, I think you just need to be – don't get too distracted. Be true to yourself. Be constantly you know, curious. But know you – know, Know what you're doing in terms of your passion and where that audience is because you don't necessarily need to be everywhere. Like, I'm not necessarily pinning things. Like, I'm not – because I'm not into, like, fashion and, like, DIY, even though I'm getting more into it on a personal level, decorating and all that. But, like, y- you don't need to be there. Like, if you're interested in sports, like, be where those communities are. Right. And if you see those communities are doing innovative things on, the like, Snapchat or, I don't know, 
Maybe Tinder will be used for marketing soon, which TV show. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's just like people are using these things in interesting ways. But um, don't spread yourself too thin, you know, and, and you need to be consistent. That's the thing. It's like you can't expect people just to discover you overnight and collaborate a lot and be where, you know, once you put something out there, like it might be discovered, but you have to like go out there and, and meet people offline that are in those communities. So there are meetups, there are conventions. Like people forget how important offline meeting is actual human interaction human interaction irl (laughs) oh god it happens and so we've talked a little bit about your path and kind of this seems like the relatively short time you went from interning at a radio station no i mean it's like 10 i mean i've lived in la for 10 years relatively short time if you think really i've aged but what what 10 years from now do you see yourself doing? Is this kind of still just the beginning of of new ideas? Or? Yeah, well, I hope, you know, with what's trending, it was always so I get out of just being, you know, talent or just being hired help. It was to really build a company and build something bigger than myself that's international. Like, I want to nurture other talent. I want to build a huge you know, company, empire, international. I want to be on every type of platform. I want to innovate. I want to be part of firsts. And so, and it's specifically, it stems a lot from, you know, broadcasting. And so trying to find innovative ways to do that um, and to tell stories and connect people and, uh, yeah, and be, you know, a modern day entrepreneur in this media landscape. Like, what does that mean? And I think constantly pushing myself to try new things and and be bigger. I I, so I don't know what that is. Like you know, that's the thing is we don't know what that's. But have be. you ever known what it was? I mean, that's I think the thing the is you don't know. But you could put the for me, it's about putting the energy out there of like I want to constantly be testing boundaries, right. be prepared to first, be constantly curious, working on my craft, um, and and never feeling like to the end. Like I always feel like it's the beginning. Well, I think that's and and the thing that I think if we wrap up your whole story here is that you found a way to recognize what was happening and also at the same time create something for you. Yeah, you have unique. to. Well, I needed something because I still needed to express myself yeah. um, and do what I love doing because then it's like I, I, you know, people see that passion and that's how they got excited about it to help. You know, because what's trending even and we're still so small compared to some of the like so many other companies, but we couldn't get where we are without help and collaborations from other people and people seeing the excitement we have and jumping on board. That's how movements happen. So it's like for me, I always tr- I'm trying to find ways for people to serendipitously bump into our brand right, right now. Right. So I always say like if someone's like, well, why are you here? Why are you there? And I was like, I want people to be surprised how many places we're like literally maybe see a tweet from us and then out of nowhere we're they're at the gas station and they see a, like a headline from us and be like what but i just the more people see you it's like oh we're we're like a friend you keep bumping into right and you know those friends you keep bumping into it almost feels like oh it's meant to be like i should be connecting yeah. with them more. yeah they're part of my life they're and just so, part of my life yeah now. in 10 years i just i want to be a leader a pioneer a mentor like i don't want to be washed a bag <laughs> 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 let's be honest now there's how we wrap up <laughs> And that's <laughs> my quote going, of the day. I, mean, I knew I bypassed Gordon Ramsay <laughs> to get to that. <laughs> I want to. I want to keep. I, like I. I look. I even look at people that are you know eighty. Like look at Joan Rivers. She was you uh, know yeah. and you know talk about reinventing people, yourself. But you know, like also finding a way to be relevant. Respect, like and obviously some people respect versus maybe not respecting her. But in the end, she was more relevant than uh, than any other time. 
at 80. Absolutely. And that is And found like a way amazing. to still be involved and still it looked like she was having a blast. Yeah, and she but she was like yeah. you know, I had interviewed her 2 years ago for an hour spent an hour with her at Internet Week New York. And then she also did a YouTube show and I I helped um you know, I connected her with some YouTube stars and it was crazy to see just how she was connecting with this generation and I just hope to be that type of person where I'm still connecting. I never think I'm over it. And obviously traveling the world, helping people, just big bang theory in my life. I want to be the big bang of my life. (laughs) On your website, uh, your quote is, spend less time being interesting and more time being interested in people in the world. I need a new quote. Uh, I think the new quote is, I don't want to be a washed up hag. (laughs) I think... Come on, it's authentic. It's like the anti-inspirational quote that ends up being inspirational. Or be the big bang of your own life. ShiraLazar.com, what's trending.com. And what's your Twitter? Give that out to people. At ShiraLazar, at what's trending. Okay. We're everywhere. I'm very accessible. Now go have a freaking cookie or something, would you? I'll just have more water. No! ShiraLazar (laughs) dies at 32. Be healthy. Have fun. Be safe. (laughs) Awesome. Get a monkey. Get a monkey! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.